Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I definitely dropped a tear and I was like, baby, um, you know, mom's not coming home. Mm. You know, she, she's going to, um, mm. she's going to be with God. Mm. And I remember my daughter's face, even right now, as, yeah. you know, as I'm telling you. Um, yeah, man. You know, she cried. She's like, what? And, you know, the tears came down. And I remember telling my daughter, I was like, you know, mommy's not going to be here in person. Mm. But we're going to carry her in our hearts yeah. for forever. Yeah. She's going to always be with us in everything that we do. And I don't never want you to forget that. Yeah. And it was, I didn't expect this change um, with my daughter. Cry. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's man, um, you know, if my daughter was here, she would be like, Daddy, don't do it. Daddy, don't do it. <laughs> What's happening? No captain. We with AO about to get a play. Oh, pull up to the table. Let's go. So they say that, especially within the black family, or really much all families, you know, I'm always saying black families, and that's not even a proven set. Um, but they say that when it comes to building wealth long term, the first generation builds it. Then when that generation dies, they it passes on to the next generation. That generation maintains it. And then after that generation maintains it and they die, it pass off to the next generation. And the third generation loses it. Not because they didn't have the capabilities of building the wealth, expanding the wealth. It's because they didn't have the information that was passed down from the first generation. I'm really excited about today's guest, Courtney Hale, uh, because... This young man has an amazing story. We're going to dive into his story, uh, but his heart, his passion is making sure currently as a single father today, due to a traumatic situation, uh, he stepped up to the plate and said, you know what? I got to make sure that my, his daughter, I'm going to say my daughter, it's my niece, <laughs> but his daughter um, is properly prepared to handle the wealth that she's going to receive from him and whoever he decides to settle down with in the near future. And I invited him to the table because a lot of us have kids. A lot of us um, want to see our kids win. But there are certain things that we have to put into place personally and transfer and teach that down to our kids. We just can't give our kids money. We also got to give them wealth, which is the main thing is knowledge. So I want you to keep a lot today because we're going to have this conversation about how do we really teach our kids how to deal with wealth? What are the rich teaching their kids? Uh, and so today it's going to be a good conversation. But before we get to uh, my guest today here at the table, hey, um, one of the key things when it comes to passing down wealth is life insurance. If you as a, a parent, um, as a loved one, do not have life insurance, your priorities are not in place. And respectfully, I'm saying this, you're selfish. Because oftentimes we only think about where we are today, but we do not think about tomorrow. It is a 100% guarantee we are going to pass. And I'm going to be real with you as a Christian. I'm going home to be with the Lord one day. 
And you know what? When I go home to be with the Lord and I'm happy, I'm, I'm excited, I'm with Jesus, I don't want to look down on earth. And because of my poor decisions while I was living, now my wife and now my kids and now my family is struggling because I wasn't wise and I wasn't thinking about them. So I'm up in heaven having a great time. I'm in a much better place than this earth. And my family is left on this earth and they're struggling. They can't pay bills and they don't have my income to help to provide. And so I partnered with an amazing organization called Ethos. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. And I want you to take the opportunity to get term life insurance today. It will take you not even 11 minutes to fill out this application and you can get all the way up to $2 million in coverage today without going to the doctor with no blood work. Just answer a couple of questions. And today, your loved ones, your family, your kids can be secured. And what can you do with this stuff? Man, you can pay off pay off your homes. You can pay for kids' colleges. You can put money to a trust that goes into them at a certain age. You can really give your kids an alley hoop, not pass the baton, but no, you can throw an alley hoop to them to make sure that they really win in the near future. So will you do me a favor? Ashley, don't do me a favor. Do you a favor. Get coverage today. It's affordable. For 50 bucks, for 60 bucks, you can get a million dollar policy. And that can set your kids and your loved ones up for success when we're up in heaven, chilling and having a good time with our creator. Go to anthonyneal.com forward slash ethos and make sure you hit that like button. Hit, hit that subscribe button uh, because today's conversation is going to be full. It's going to be rich and it's going to be full of a lot of wisdom because we got my boy Courtney in the building. What's up, fam? You Yo, good? Oh, it's good. Man, I'm chilling, brother. Man, listen, man. We going to get into it, doc. <laughs> so about two years ago... Um, that's why, no, it's longer than that, actually. About three years ago, I'm sitting um, in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm at one of my favorite spots in Nashville, Tennessee, with one of my most favorite people, uh, Mignon, Mignon Francois. Uh, I call her my Nashville mama. You know, some of the best cupcakes in the world, right? And so she's been on my show a couple of times, and sometimes I'll just go down to her and just talk to her about life. She's like, yo, I got this, I got this young man I need you to meet. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. And she doesn't ask me to meet a lot of people. I think since I've known her for four years, she's only asked me to talk to three people in four years. And a lot of people come up to her shop like, yo, I want to meet your, your Nashville son, A.O. And she'll like, oh, OK. And she'll never and she'll never ask me to talk to him. But then she brought your name up. And I was like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> but she connected us. Yeah. And I think right around that time, I think right after that time, um, unfortunately, you went through a life dramatic situation. And we didn't have a chance to connect. And um, and then things happened and we reconnected through some other mutual friends. Man, I said, yo, I got to get you on the show. But you, you, you are the creator of Super Money Kids. And you have a passion about helping uh, young people and kids gain the, gain the wisdom when it comes to wealth. I want to go all the way back to your story. But I want to see where did that start. So back in 2020, tell me a little bit about your life, where you were, and what sparked where you are today with teaching young people how to build true wealth. Yeah, man, 2020, you know, that was a, that was a, it was a crazy year for everybody, yes. right? Yeah. Um, in Nashville, we had the tornado, March 3rd, tornado comes through and destroys everything, including yeah. including where I was working uh, at the time. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, um, destroyed that building. Obviously, this is when the pandemic started. Um, and the pandemic was was really interesting for me and my family because at the time it was myself, my wife, mm -hmm. my mother in law lived with us as well, okay, okay. and my daughter, uh, wow. who was five at the time. Wow! And um, it was a beautiful thing for me yeah. to be home yeah. with my wife. Yeah, I mean she was my best friend. Yeah, we kicked it, we laughed, we were affectionate, and we got to raise this little amazing girl uh, in the process. Yeah. So um, we hated, you know, what was happening and people being sick and what the world looked like at the time. Yeah. But to be home with my family was beautiful yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and quickly I realized that for me personally, that ended up being a gift mm. um, because May 18th, 2020, my wife actually passed. Wow. Um, she had received a heart transplant in 2019 wow. and and it brought her just back and, and was really living a beautiful life, healthy, inspired, glowing. 
And, you know, God wanted us to have that time because yeah. he knew that he was taking her home a, a year later. And mm. so she passed. Mm. And, um, you know, my company was really in an interesting place. We had really just launched the Super Money Kid brand uh, a few months prior, right at the end of 2019. And, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, it, like being an entrepreneur, like it's an insane path in life in, mm -hmm. in general. Um, but a lot of people forget that we're still people yeah, yeah. in the process. Yeah. And so figuring out what to do with my company at a time where the world was shut down, dealing with the loss of my wife and having to guide uh, my daughter through that mm -hmm. process, there was a lot. There was just a lot of uncertainty. And I, I really got to the place where I didn't think I was going to do it anymore. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I was going to be done. Man. Um, and there were there were a lot of things that I was committing to. But, you know, when you're in a when you're in a traumatic frame of mind, you know, you can't really think straight. Yeah. Um, but a few months passed and we really saw the pandemic and, and students learning at home as an opportunity. So a lot of the programming that we had designed, we digitized all of it. For real. And it instantly became um, high demand. We were able to. Um, we're able to just move into cities and, and states that we hadn't worked in before. And so it, it became some good that I desperately needed as, as I was coping with the loss of a loss of my wife. And, um, you know, we, we really wanted to use that experience, um, and, and honor her memory in everything that we designed and that we were doing. And so as we talk more about the importance of youth financial literacy, it is taking advantage of the time that you have when you have it. Yeah. Um, nothing is guaranteed. Live your best life. Plan for the future. Um, achieve your goals and shoot high fast. Yeah. Right. Don't wait. Yeah. And um, so it, it was it was just a whirlwind year. Yeah. 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 I'm curious losing your wife and then your daughter losing her mother as a father how did you have that conversation and what was your daughter's response to man she'll never see her mom again on on earth so um this it, this all happened so fast um mm -hmm. after tia's heart transplant she was in probably the best shape of her life wow um there was a, a particular weekend. She was complaining of some back pain. Okay. I was like, okay, you know, no, no big deal. We'll we'll go to the doctor. Um, so we we told my mother-in-law, um, told my father-in-law, and told everyone, like, hey, I'm gonna take mom to the doctor, get her checked out, and we'll be back. This was on a Saturday. Okay, it was a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Um, Monday around noon, mm. Tia had passed. What? Yeah. Took her to the hospital on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Two days later, she passed. Yeah. In, wow. it, in an instant. And so to to go home when everybody is expecting, expecting. mom to come back home, you know, and, um, you know, having, I remember taking my daughter in her room yeah. and like, hey, um, man, you know, she, you know, she's like, How, how's mommy? First thing she says. And, um. And I, I definitely dropped a tear and I was like, baby, um, you know, mom's not coming home. Mm. You know, she she's going to um, mm. you know, she's going to be with God. Mm -hmm. And I remember my daughter's face, even right now, as, yeah. you know, as I'm telling you. Um, yeah, man. You know, she cried. She's like, what? And, you know, the tears came down. And I remember telling my daughter, I was like, you know, mommy's not going to be here in person. Mm. But we're going to carry her in our hearts yeah, yeah, for forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to always be with us in everything that we do. And I don't never want you to forget that. Yeah. And it was, I didn't expect this change um, with my daughter. Cry. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's man, um, you know, if my daughter was here, she would be like, Daddy, don't do it. Daddy, don't do it. <laughs> you know, she's on me hard about my tears. Yeah, yeah. I show my emotions in front of my daughter. That's like, good. I want her to know that it's okay yeah, to yeah. be human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, in that instant, I told her like, we're going to carry mom with us forever. Yeah, yeah. It's like the clouds cleared. She dried her face and she was like, okay. And she walked down those steps in our house and she told everybody like, we're going to be okay. Cause mom is going to be in our hearts forever. Wow. And it was interesting to see adults like look at this little girl 
and was like, you know, they, they were, I was amazed, right, you know, right, right. and um, it was really, she, you know, she really provided me mm. with the support that I needed for a year that helped me get through. Because wow. I can't walk around broke down right, right, right. when my daughter, daughter is, is right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's, that, that's, that's listening to that story again. And I, I've never been married, but I'm like, man, how would I, how would I respond? How would I say that to my daughter, to my kids? And losing the love of my life, best friend, you know? And um, y'all met at Tennessee State. Yeah, so we started dating at Tennessee State. We've known each other since high school. Gotcha. And high school was never anything romantic. We was cool. We yeah. see each other at a basketball game. We like, yeah. what's up? Um, but we started dating in college. Uh, wow. we, we had a class together, and man, I showed up to class unprepared. And, and she had you right from there. Man, she was always overprepared. And <laughs> <laughs> from that moment, man, we were inseparable. Oh, man. Uh, dude, just hearing the story, man, it just... Man, I, I'm, I, I salute you as a, as, as a man, as a father, as a husband, um, and... and and what you're doing now. So where did the love for money come from? Like, where did the love for educating young people on finances come from? Yeah, so I'm from North Nashville. Okay. Right? It's, a, it's an area that's not known for having a lot of wealth. Absolutely. Uh, you know, my family, you know, we had, you know, I come from an amazingly spiritual and loving family. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, money wasn't something that we had mastered though. Okay. And so, you know, there were a variety of financial struggles that I experienced as a kid. And I saw how that impacted our personal lives. Um, you know, my mom ended up marrying my uh, stepdad who legally adopted me and, and they both were aspiring entrepreneurs, right? Okay. They just had different approaches. Right. Um, my mom was a creative okay. and, um, you know, my stepdad is more of a, like a traditional businessman and he was a type like he on. He's willing to take every risk out there to achieve what he wanted to achieve. Yeah. Uh, my mom was more cautious. Mm. She's like, hey, we have three kids. We have to be more responsible and strategic mm. in how mm. we manage our money despite what we want to achieve. Yeah. And um, honestly, those clashes and views about money, family, time, and other things that adults have, you know, going on, right. um, it, it led to them getting a divorce and, you know, that led to some other problems in our household. But, um, you know, I would go on and, and I would work in the financial services industry. I worked as a wealth manager. I worked for a fintech company. And, you know, when you become an adult and you start working in a space that you struggle with as a kid, yep. you start to do this reconciliation. Like I'm meeting these people that are multimillionaires and uh, I'm meeting people who had lost millions of dollars as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, I'm trying to reconcile where in my childhood, what happened? Yeah. Like why we didn't have this. And there were a couple of things that I realized. Um, I actually came to the conclusion that neither my mom or my dad were wrong. Mm. When it's something you want in life, mm -hmm. you got to go after it. You have to be aggressive, mm -hmm. right? You have to be fearless, but you also want to do that in a way that's strategic. Yeah. Um, my parents didn't have any type of small business training. There wasn't a super money kids to teach them about money. Mm -hmm. And um, realizing that I wanted to create a lifestyle for my family that was different than how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And God blessed me with a woman that wanted to create a lifestyle for her and her family that was different than how she grew up. Wow. It created this passion. And I saw a lot of people, there were, there were, a lot of, there were resources available for adults to get their money together. Yeah. But there's a, a, a Frederick Douglass quote that says, it's easier to build strong children than to, than to repair broken men. <laughs> and, you know, I got to thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um... And I got to thinking about what it's like to grow up in America, especially mm. when you coming from poverty or you coming from a community of color. Mm. There was education that we needed to be given to our kids mm -hmm. and there was virtually nobody doing it. Yeah. And I went and I started talking to all my smart friends. Like when I have an idea, like I go to all my smart, smart friends. Yeah. And I'm like, what y'all think about this? And, you know, friend after friend 
was like, hey, yeah, I think you can do this. Yeah, yeah. And after a while, you realize this problem that you've identified, you're uniquely qualified to design the solution. Mm -hmm. So then it became up to me to create the solution. And so that's that's how we got started. So you did some studying and, and researching, right? Um, around what are the, the some, some, some things you need to be teaching kids? Uh, yeah, like five things. I agree with all four of them, but one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Courtney. But it's good. We can have the conversation. But before we go there, one thing I read about your story, which I thought was so amazing, is that you and Tia actually had a $3,000 wedding. Yeah. Why? So, again, you know, we were we were aligned in so much when we got married. Yeah. And one of the things that we were like, we just didn't believe in was to have a really lavish wedding uh, right. and spending all the, you know, all the money on the things and, right. and feeding, you know, three, four hundred people. We're like, how can we do this in a way that's cost effective that we can pay for it ourselves? Mm -hmm. We don't have to borrow any money, mm -hmm. but it can still be nice because we, we do have high standards and we like nice things. Yeah. And um, and so we were like, how can we do this? How can we not spend a lot of money? And so what we did was we chose to have a destination wedding. Mm hmm. That was going to allow us to not have to pay a ridiculous amount for a venue okay. and have to pay for a full meal. Okay. Um, we got enough people to go on the trip to where we got our trips for free. For real? Yeah. So we we ended up having, I don't know, about 50 people that went on this. We had, we, we're both from Nashville. Yeah. We have extremely loving families and Nashville loves us. So we got a lot of people to pull up. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Future wifey. We may be doing a destination wedding and have everyone else pay for the trip. For pay, pay for their own trip, man. And you ain't got to get us anything. And I know, I think you had, didn't you have the couple on your show that got married recently and it was like bucks. 500 bucks? I remember seeing that and I was excited for Absolutely. them. Because Absolutely. we don't, you know, we don't see that a lot anymore. And, yeah. you know, we had done that before, you know, social media was a huge thing. Yeah. But I was like, man, that's like one of the financial decisions that we made that really benefited us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Courtney Hale. All the way from the beautiful city of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a former resident of Nashville, um, but I had to leave because I wanted to see more black people. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a struggle with that. I'm gonna be real. Gonna I just lie. I want to be around my community, and it just it just yeah, man. You know, but I mean, I I I'm not knocking it. Hey, we call it they. You know, we calling it White Atlanta now. Are you serious? We calling it White Atlanta. Oh no, I'm happy I got out of that. But one thing that Courtney said, you guys, which is he said he he started up in a lot of fintech companies, and I believe one of the best careers to get into when it comes to people of color, um, is tech. Uh, because they're creating millionaires, they're creating jobs that are starting off around seventy thousand, eighty thousand, hundred thousand. Even met one guy who's in the creative art space for this tech company. He does a half a million dollars a year as an employee, and so. Because of that, I've partnered with a company called Bethel Tech, um, and Bethel Tech is providing a nine-month program. And on average, when you graduate from that program, you'll make anywhere from eighty thousand to about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars when you graduate. And then from there, over a period of years, you could be making, you know, some 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 good high six figures in income. Their program is very very affordable, and they're also giving my tribe and my tribe only, you know, a scholarship. So I want you to go check them out at anthonyoneal.com forward slash Bethel. Tell them I sent you, and they will get you into the program to where. You you can maybe start a tech company in the next few years, or you can just be in the tech field as an employee, making some good benefits. And a lot of the tech companies now are giving you unlimited days off. You know, um, I told I told my team, don't 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 try it. <laughs> we don't get no unlimited days off right here. We work it. I I'm not sitting on billions of dollars yet. You know what I'm saying? When we get there, I might consider it. The keyword was might. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but these tech companies, man, are offering some amazing packages out there, may, amazing income. And I think last time I checked, 70% of them are allowing you to work from home. So I'm like, yo, go go get the education. If you're making $40,000, $60,000 a year and you're not really happy with this situation, you know, listen, go into the tech field. Go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Bethel. Uh, so before we go, man, you, you 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 got these things, man. Five things that rich parents are teaching their kids because you did the study and you have the stuff. Um, and I want to go through these things because I agree with all of them. And we're going to have to go back and forth on one of them, y'all. 
But I told him that up front. It was like, that's cool. And I still love the guy. I still love him. Uh, but do you remember the five things you put on my list? Let's go for it. All right. Number one is, oh, you said ownership is the ultimate goal. Ownership is the ultimate goal. Break that down for us. What do you mean? Yeah. So um, we grew up in America and we're really trained to go be employees. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. And I'm not one of those people that like speak against being an employee. Absolutely. So you can be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Because I wouldn't be able to do what I was able to do if I hadn't have been an employee. Exactly. But we have to think about how we can leverage our income and our salaries to own something. Ooh. All right. Come on. Now you um, nothing is guaranteed. Your jobs aren't guaranteed. Yep. None of that. Yep. But if you have ownership you have more control. Yes. And so that ownership can be, whether it's it's real estate, yes. owning stocks. Yes. Maybe it's you starting a side hustle. Yeah. Like, you know, we talk about uh, one of the things that we had created with this Super Money Kids is like main chicks and side hustles, right? Yeah, yeah. So like play off <laughs> main chicks and side other thing, right? We got main chicks and side hustles. And so- oh, that's funny, Cordy. <laughs> I don't want to see people like, hey, I like that. Main chick and side chicks. Okay, okay, I got you. So, you know, you want to take that main chick and be able to leverage it into a side hustle, something that you own that can grow, that can appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so we want to teach ownership. Yeah. Um, that's where wealth is created. And, and I like that, too. You know, I've, I've been very big on that lately, especially within the people of color, because I believe that we are the most creative people but we don't own our creativity. Mm-hmm. We sell our creativity to someone who doesn't even know how to uh, um, sell it, um, really produce it, but they have the money, they have the leverage to go out there and to scale it long term. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm, I'm rooting for LeBron James to own an NBA team. Man, it's you know happen. what I'm saying? It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I hope he owns a team that his sons are playing for. You know, because it's like we need representation in the black community to own. Because when you look at the NBA— <laughs> who are you really coming to watch? Black people. That's it. And we, there's no black ownership really like that outside of what, like Michael Jordan. But I, I want a black owner, not a black partial owner, not a black yeah. minority owner. No, I want a black majority owner. And I was looking at the hair industry, like you said. I, I mean, you, me and you, this is why I like the guy. This is why I like him, because we thinking alike, except for one thing. But we thinking alike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I was looking at the hair industry, man. It makes over $800 billion yeah. a year. And when you really look at the hair industry, black people, minority people are really leading in that space. But we only own 3% of that space. But we consume close to $700 billion of it. Yeah. So I'm like, man, we have to own. So it's like, use your job as a leverage, as a vehicle to own something, whether that's a, a side business, like you said, whether that is, um, you know, mortgages, real estate, property, um, investments, do something to where we can own. Because here's the thing. We can teach our kids how to own, man. I think we'll have healthier marriages. I think we'll have healthier people because then now they don't have to do certain things. They don't have to go to that job because they have ownership. They show up and actually, and honestly, watch this. When you actually have ownership, it makes better employees because then now they, 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 they're working places that they really desire to work at. Absolutely. And they'll show up and work even better because now they, they, they have this freedom over here. I do that, tell that to my team all the time. Like, man, listen, I want them to go out there. As long as they get the job done here and help us continue to impact, I don't care what they do on the side because I want them to be free. I want them to yes. come in here and not be stressed. So, man, ownership is key. Ownership is the ultimate goal. Uh-oh. I'm going to skip over this one. I know you're going to go to that one last. Yeah, we're going to go with that one last. We're going to go Increase income and assets. Income and, income and assets matter. Okay. Right? We, again, we live in a society where we're taught to have jobs. And yep. it's about making six figures. Yep. How can we, you know, get a bonus, you know, every quarter or every year? We're always thinking about income. Mm-hmm. But assets are what allow us to build wealth. So yep. you want to teach your kids. To, you want to have a wealth conversation. Yeah, yeah. All right? You want to have, have a friend that calls them wealth meetings. Oh. Have wealth meetings at home with your children. Yeah. They need to understand that um, our net worth is our assets minus our, our liabilities. So yep. our assets are things that we own that have value. Liabilities are things that we owe. Yes. Right. So we want to have that conversation and how assets and income work together. Yeah. Early on, you have to have income in order to acquire the assets. But then once you have the assets, those assets can become income producing themselves. Ooh, I, I like that one. 
I like that one. Um, does your course, does your curriculum teach anything to the parents on how to open up like a studio Roth IRAs and stuff like that? We don't. Okay. Um, we don't have anything specifically around custodial Roth IRAs. We are more so teaching um, the, the habits, right, and how to build onto those habits. Okay. So how saving leads to investing, yes. right? And that. then everything kind of scaffolds, scaffolds from oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. One of the best things that I, I, I really been mentoring, like some of the parents who come to me like, hey, how can I set my kids up and how do I have that wealth conversation? It's like what you said, have the basic foundations of work, save, give, you know, um, work, get the money, teach them how, you know, in exchange for work, you get income. Mm -hmm. When you get your income, my next one is give 10% to like, I'm as a Christian, give 10%, practice giving, practice generosity, and then give to yourself, which is safe, right? So, so our, our super money kids program, which is like our foundational course, mm -hmm. um, it has the, I don't know if you saw the super money banks that we designed. It's like the three parts yes. that have the save, spend, share. Yep. We built a curriculum around the banks. Yep. And that first module is introducing those money habits of save, spend, share. Yes. It includes a lesson on earning. So yep. where does money come from? And then that bank becomes like an instructional tool and a visual reminder Absolutely. for everything that you need to be doing with yep. your money. I love it. I love it. I think a church just gave away one of your banks. So I was speaking yep. at. Um, I spoke there Saturday, I think it was last a few Saturdays ago. It's pretty good. Um, so that that's amazing. And I think once we start teaching kids those foundations, when it comes to increase your income, increase your assets, we got to start teaching them about compound interest. Mm -hmm. And that's where a custodial Roth IRA comes into place. Um, I was at this one particular church and a kid came up to me. He was like 11, 11 or 12. And I was like, hey. AO. And I was like, hey, people who call me AO only watch my show. He was like, yeah, my dad makes me watch your show every Monday. And I felt kind of convicted because I'd be talking about booties and Bibles on my show. <laughs> like an 11 year old <laughs> sitting here watching. I'm like, oh Lord, I need to keep that in mind. So young man, I appreciate you, bro. Um, when, I, when I talk about stuff like that, talk to your daddy. He'll help you. <laughs> He'll help you understand what I'm talking about. Pops, help me out. <laughs> uh, but he said, man, what, what are some things that I could be doing now to prepare myself for 18. I said, man, listen, instead of asking your mom and dad for money, ask your mom and dad for work. And tell your mom and dad in exchange for work, I want to get paid. And then tell your mom and dad, you want to put 50% of that into a custodial Roth IRA. And he was like, custodial Roth IRA? I said, yeah. What if I told you every dollar you give me, I'm going to give you 10 cents? How, much, how many more dollars are you going to give me? He was like, I'll give you 10 more dollars. And I was like, wow, you just got an extra dollar. He said, wait, so if I give you 10, you're going to give me $11? I was like, that's pretty much it. He says, so wait, wait, wait. And he started just calculating his head. Like, wait, so if I give you $100, that's this? I was like, yeah, over a long period of time, that's an example of what compound interest will do. The dude left, went to his pops in the middle of my, in the middle of me talking and said, dad, I got $200. Can we go to the bank after this? And, 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 and to me, when I hear people say it's hard to teach kids about money, it's not hard to teach kids about money because kids want to learn about money. They want Jordans. They want all this nice stuff. We got to learn to put it in a way to where they can understand it, yeah. which I think what your program is doing is amazing because I think kids want to learn how to save, give, spend, but then also how do they get rich? Yeah. And if you can break it down like that, it's make, it makes it easier for them. And you don't even have to use money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I do with Ever, my daughter, her name is Ever, okay. is um, we have a incentive program at home that's built around like these little coins. And I, right. I got this from a friend of mine named Leon Scott. Okay. And so I give her coins for, we call them productive tasks and, and um, creative tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Or, or productive talents. They're, pro they're, create, they're productive tasks and productive talents. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is that the world uh, compensates us for our, our, our talents and our tasks, right? Yeah. So we have a whole list of things that can be done and you get a coin and the coins can be redeemed for any screen time, wow. uh, her playing with her makeup, um, wow. a variety of different things. But how I teach her compound interest is every week she gets the opportunity to redeem her coins. Mm. I'm like, any coin that you leave in your save bank until the following week, mm. I'll double it. Mm. And, um, you, you know, one of the things I, I want to tell parents mm. about money is you it doesn't work like you just start teaching your kid and they get it immediately. Right. Like, it, it requires some consistency. consistency. And my daughter 
is not like she is the super money. She is the first child of super money kids, but she is not the easiest kid to teach anything. To, okay? <laughs> um, and 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 so in that, when we started this program, I fully expected her to be like, nah, I'm not saving these coins. We finna cash these things in. I'm finna look at some TikTok videos. <laughs> All right. She not only did she say, okay, I'll leave these in there. She has left the coins in the save bank for now three consecutive weeks. Wow. Has not redeemed. So I got to I got to completely change uh, the incentives, the program, the compound interest, because now she yeah. she got enough coins now she could be watching TikTok Whatever. for 24 hours and Come then on, I'm a bad parent. <laughs> but um but yeah, we have to teach compound interest. Yes. We can do it the way that you mentioned, using cash, families who don't have cash. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share this incentive program okay. um through our through our email and some other things so we can get more families doing it. Yes. But or you can, you know, you can do it that way as well. All right, man, listen, that was number three. That was number three, you guys. Compound, Compound interest is the secret to wealth. And I think I think we have to start having that conversation. Uh, one of the things that um, um, that I when I was in when I was teaching to the younger people was just think about this. And it's a simple thing. It has nothing to do with money. It's like, hey, one good decision today. You may not see the reward tomorrow. But one, one good decision on top of one good decision, one good grade on top of 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 a half of a grade to another good grade. Over time, those small decisions that you've made compound and bring you back a huge reward. And I think once we start really educating young people on that, like, hey, here is here is the, the keys and the secrets that's going to set you up to be wealthy when you even get into college wealthy when you graduate from college and it's just simple compound interest man young people will love it yeah young people will love it uh the next one number four um our words matter i like that bro yeah like when you say our words matter you know mignon one of our, our friends she says speak what you seek until you see what you what you spoke and it's like words do matter i'm oftentimes criticized a lot because i tell i say man you know what I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a victim of our past as a black man. I acknowledge the fact that things have happened, and I also acknowledge the fact that things need to change. But I'm speaking life through my words. Yeah. I'm speaking wealth through my words. And I'm also speaking reality that some things need to be put into place and to help us out. You know what I'm saying? But when you say words matter, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so specifically, you know, this was about money, but it's really about anything. It's yeah. about your happiness. It's yeah. about your abilities. Yeah. If you say that you're going to be wealthy, you're going to be wealthy. Absolutely. And you don't have to. You got to do some work. Yeah. Right. The the manifestation thing doesn't happen without the work. Right. But you have to speak life into yourself and into your money. Mm. All right. The more you say something, you're speaking it into your subconscious. You believe it. You live it. Mm -hmm. And I, I teach that to my daughter. Mm hmm. Um, if you say that you're going to be wealthy, you're going to own a business, you're going to believe it and you're going to do the work and take the steps to do that. We come, you know, I come from a place where there wasn't a lot of money and I heard people say things like I'm broke. Mm -hmm. I don't have. I can't. There were a lot of limiting statements that were true yeah. for that time. Yeah. But, you know, I've learned that we got to change the way that we talk. Yeah. In this moment. Yeah. I don't have, but I will. will. Yep. You know, <laughs> I am working towards, and, and I would even say, don't even give energy to the negative. Right. I will have. Yeah. I am going. This is what's happening in my life. Come on, man. Listen, teach your kid to talk clear, to talk, speak life. That's so good. I'm going to close the laptop on this because this is where we're going to end. <laughs> this is where we're going to end today's show. Uh, before we get into this last point, you know, uh, Courtney is an amazing brother, man. He, he is a brother. Um, one thing I love about people is we can agree to disagree on certain things and still be dope people, dope friends. I know him. I know his people. Um, I, I love it. This is a solid man right here. Uh, but this is where we disagree. This is where we disagree. Number five, Courtney says, use debt to build assets. Use debt to build assets. Break it down, brother. Break, break, All right. Break. So yeah. I, I want to be clear of the intent okay. of this rule. Okay. All right. So the rule oh, is the rule is don't borrow money mm -hmm. unless you're doing it for something that's going to allow you to build wealth. 
And so there are a few different things that fall into this category. All right. So if you're going to college, I'm okay with you borrowing money for college. But oh, Courtney. That's, that's that. I'm okay with that. All right. If you're if you're borrowing money to buy investment property, I'm okay with that. I, I come. I, I actually I actually am okay with you borrowing money to buy an investment property. Okay. I'm, I, I am actually a little bit okay with that. All right. But bro, we have a hell of a problem in the student loan industry. Oh man. So you trying to tell me if your daughter come home and says, Dad, I'm gonna borrow a hundred thousand dollars to go to school, you are okay with that. Absolutely not. So let me tell you how, <laughs> let me tell you how I'm handling that. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. Oh but they said it was okay, Courtney. No, 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 no. So even even then, you have to take a strategic approach to how you're financing college. Now, we're gonna do two years in community college, more than likely. Yep. We're gonna have an idea on what you want to pursue. Okay. And then we're gonna choose hopefully an in-state school that you can attend okay. that has that major or area of study that you're interested in. Okay. And and then, you know, we have more than likely my daughter won't have the issue to where she has to borrow money. But for a, another family, like if you need to borrow that money, that's OK. What's not OK is my kids going to college. I don't care where they go. They just going to borrow the money to pay for it. Like college is a luxury product. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. All right, it is insane. Yeah. The I mean, the cost of college is appreciate. It's like eight. It's going the cost of college increases like eight percent a year. Absolutely. All right. So you can't just send your kid off somewhere, and it is. It's also the easiest money that you can borrow and get. It is. Well. Yeah. So you can't just send your kid to just to borrow the money, and then everything's okay. I'm not okay with that. So what you're saying is, because like Tennessee has a Tennessee State Promise program, mm-hmm. so it was like the first two years of of anyone going to community college for the most part, if they're in that particular state, they go for free. Yeah. So take advantage of the two years. Take advantage of the two years. Okay. So let's say, for an example, this kid is straight A's, but they didn't get a scholarship. You're still saying that straight A student go to the community college for the first two years to figure out what they want to do. I like it. Okay. And I'm speaking to a father. Then after that, we transfer to an in-state. What if your daughter says, "But dad, I, I'm in Tennessee, but I want to, I want to go to, you know, I, I want to go to Howard in D.C., but that's going to run me sixty thousand dollars a year." Yeah. And she, but she only got scholarships for thirty thousand. Yeah. And she wants to be a school teacher, but she wants to go to Howard to become a school teacher. What are you telling your daughter? Hey, baby, we're not going to Howard. <laughs> like you can pull up if you want to go to home. If you want to check out Howard homecoming. <laughs> You know, Yo, your face was like, I feel you. Yeah, I, I understand. Like, we want, like, people want a lot, baby. But listen, I, I think pursuing the field of education uh-huh. is is fulfilling work. And I love our teachers. Yeah. Um, but we have to make financial decisions that are going to allow you to love what you do. And what's going to happen is if you find yourself in $200,000 in debt and you're going to be a teacher, you're going to you're going to have a level of disdain for the work that you're doing because you're struggling financially. You can't Bro. love what you do when you're struggling. So I think I I think I follow what you're saying. What you're saying is student loans is not the first thing. It's it's the okay, cool. Do we have a plan put into place? The plan that we have in place, if we're missing $10,000 to complete that plan, then we take out the $10,000 in student loans. But it's the last thing. If we can get scholarships, funding, and pay for it cash, that's our plan. But if we have all three of those things put into place and we need $10,000 to get into school, you're saying you're okay with that. Borrow the money. I think my, my thing would be is how do we figure out how to get that $10,000 cash? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. And, and I can't sit here and be like, that's just, that's just dumb. That's just stupid. I, I can't I can't sit here and say that because I love how you said, like, yo, but yeah, you're not going out of state and you're not going to rack up all this debt. And then now you're in, you're, you're out of school, you're working, and then now you don't even really enjoy your field because you're drowning in all this debt with the field of field you want to get into. Yeah. But what I hear you saying is like, yo, if... If all we're missing is ten thousand, and we've we've worked our butts off to really pay as much as this off cash, scholarships, grades, grants, da 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 da, and we're only missing ten thousand, then it's like then that is okay. Yeah. What I'm going to say is that's not the end of the world if you take out ten thousand dollars. 
I'm, so I'm not gonna say he's I'm not gonna say he's just stupid because he's not stupid. That's Courtney. He ain't crazy. But I I will be like yo I'm I'm trying to figure it out over the next four years. But I love how you said yo take advantage of all the programs, in state school everything before you take out the student loans. Yeah. And even on the real estate property, I know a lot a lot of people say Anthony agrees with that. Here's the thing, especially in the black community. We're not going to be having three, four million dollars just sitting on the side to go pay cash for all these real estate properties. Yeah. Um, you know, I took out a loan to uh, invest into an apartment, uh, not an apartment, into a, a, a duplex. Um, and my goal is to pay it off in the next couple of years. And I think that's my philosophy is like, all right, cool. Before I borrowed the money, I looked at everything. OK, what will it bring me in if I get renters in it? And then how long would it take me to pay it off? <laughs> Excuse me. And so. um Hey, how many boogers in my nose? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, and then, then it's like for me, I want to be debt free, and I would like to get to the point to where I can pay cash for it for all my real estate properties. I actually own a few land uh, without any money on it, but I saw this great opportunity. And I said, you know what? Okay, cool. What's the game plan to do that? Yeah. Um, but okay, but okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I want to take out. I want to go get a credit card to go enjoy, or I want to take out a private loan to go. <laughs> it was the enjoy part for me. Like, oh, we take out a loan Yo, for enjoyment. Your face was like, mm, okay, 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 okay. I want to go get a, the brand new BMW just came out. And I want, I want to get a BMW. So I'm going to go borrow $70,000 to get the, the brand new BMW. Hey man, I am not a, so I'm not a I'm not a car person. Like I I have driven luxury cars. I've had several actually, mm-hmm. and I hate cars, man. Mm. They're they're so expensive. They require so much attention and maintenance, especially luxury cars. Yeah. And, and when you try to like buy used luxury cars, they're a cash dump. Yeah. All right. So, um, I will say this. Let me let me say this. If you really want a luxury car. Mm-hmm. You you're not gonna like this. All right, uh, look. Shoot. If I got if I have seventy thousand dollars, if I have seventy thousand dollars, I am not taking seventy thousand dollars to buy a car. If I got seventy thousand dollars, I'm gonna go invest it somewhere. So because I'm going I'm gonna earn more interest on that investment than me paying than the depreciation on the vehicle. Right? You dumping seventy thousand dollars into a car is going to depreciate. Every day. Why would I not like that? Because I have a luxury car. <sighs> I mean, because that just means that you you value other things, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I think that no, no, no. So I'm, I, it's not about the luxury car. It's like the trade off. I got you. All right. So I you. if I, I can you. borrow the money for the seventy thousand dollar car, and maybe I pay five percent interest, and then the cash that I save oh. from buying the car, I can invest it. Yeah. And maybe I'm making eight percent interest on the investment. I got a four percent spread on my money. Not quite. So I would find. I would actually finance the car. You would finance. Luxury. I would finance a luxury car. Hell no. I will find it. <laughs> will. Hey, because it's like we still now we got to worry about debt and the APR. Yeah. So it's like for me, it's like now it's like every time I hear that philosophy, it's like, oh my God. So if I if the interest rate is five percent, but if I invest money and make eight percent, I think what we tend to forget, and I'm not knocking you. I mean, I, this is just, you know, my yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we just have a conversation. It's like still on this side, I still have debt. Yeah. And I still have an APR. So it was like, for me, I'm like, rather than buying a luxury car, go buy a car you can afford to pay for just cash and then work your way up to that luxury car. That's what I did. You know what I'm saying? I drove cars that were nice and dependable. And then I grow. Then I went to another car that was nicer and a little bit more dependable. And then I saved and I got, you know, my my, my ultimate dream car over a period of like 12 years of doing that whole process. Um, But it's like, man, it just feels so much better. I love the investing side. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think that philosophy sometimes to the average person in America watching this show, they hear that and like, oh, yeah, he's right. So I can go do this. So I saw this one video and, I, and it's not on you. I just I just thought it was just bad advice. This is one guy teaching his daughter, well, OK, go finance a car. It's like three point five interest rate. But you can go over here and invest the money and you can make 10 percent a year on that. I'm like, yeah, but she still has debt. What if she loses her income? What if she loses her job? She still has to pay that yeah. thing back. Yep. And the average person is living paycheck to paycheck. So to see, teach that advice, I'm like, eh, no. 
that's the it's the behavioral piece that always gets it's tricky true. with finance. Yeah. Right? Like we could come up with the numbers and make the numbers make Makes sense, sense. But what are you really gonna do? That's it. Are you really gonna and this is a conversation you gotta have with yourself. Are you yeah. really gonna take yeah. this seventy thousand dollars and invest the rest of it if you finance this vehicle? And here's the thing. Majority of them people are not gonna they do not. it, bro. Tell them they not. They, they not. People like, I'm going to get a credit card used for emergency. I'm going to get a credit card and pay it off every month. No, the hell you ain't. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. Because if that is the case, everyone who says that, that's everyone in America, the credit card businesses would not be in place today. Yeah. If everyone is paying it off before the interest hit, they would not be in business today. So, man. So, you know. It, it, re- it requires a level of discipline yeah. to yeah. do, to, to these strategies. Like, you got to be committed to it, yeah. right? You can't just, ju- don't, you know, don't just justify your purchase, yeah. right? People yeah. be out here just trying to justify, justify. their purchase. Right, like, right. No, you got to do the work. Hey, man, listen, man. That's my God, Courtney, y'all. I like him. I like him. I like him. I like him, y'all. You know, you know ladies, he's off limits. <laughs> he's off limits ladies all i'm gonna say i'm sorry ladies he's off limits you know um but the guy is solid y'all and so we're gonna drop his information in today's show notes we're gonna drop his program for young people we're gonna drop his instagram we're gonna drop his website um go check him out this is a brother out there who's passionate about helping our young people build wealth and to just really uh, set them up so that way their generation can get our information and scale it even higher and i want to make sure that my kids can take whomever I marry, our wealth, as we're building our wealth together, and go higher. Not maintain it, but go higher. And it starts with the information uh, that Courtney is teaching within his program. So I want you to go check it out. Um, subscribe to his information. Subscribe to his Instagram. Follow his journey. Um, and, and high school teachers, middle school teachers, yo, elementary school teachers, uh, look him up and get his program into your classrooms uh, because it will bless you, man. So, Courtney, then, thank you so much for coming by, bro. bro appreciate it's, you for having it's me. It's been man. a while, man. I like this guy, yo. Yo, we'll see y'all in the next show. Peace out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.